This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Mike DeCorsi of the Sporting News, National College basketball writer and a Hall of Famer at that. But he covers a lot of other things. So let me ask you this question. Um, if I had to ask you right now who the best team in the ACC was, who is it? Mm. The best team? Oh, boy. Uh, I would probably say Virginia. I think that one's, that, that, that question is, is not that hard to answer because they played really well and and they have a, a good resume, a solid resume. They've been a, I think they've been a three or a four seed for me from right. I've been doing the bracket since the end of December. So they've been a three or a four most of that time. So I, I would not think them to be necessarily the most dangerous team, but the team that has played the best so far this year, I would think that they fit that category. So for me, there's three teams in that mix. One of them is Virginia. I personally think it's Miami. But I am curious where what you think of NC State at this point in the season. They have played a really tough schedule in the league and just got to five and three after starting zero and two. Yeah, I'm excited about what Kevin's been able to do there. Uh, someone that I've known for a very long time and like a lot, and so it's really cool to see them having a season that their their fans have been kind of waiting for for a little while. And they played very well. The win over Duke was oh. was terrific, and to go to Virginia Tech and win, uh, they've got some excellent victims on their on their uh, resume now. And obviously, uh, they've got you know they've got opportunities coming up as well with trips to Carolina and Wake in the next three games. Look, I I love their backcourt. I I mean, I haven't seen a ton. We we haven't seen Reese Beekman play a lot for Virginia. They have not been 100% healthy. Uh, but we just saw Miami, and I know how good Miami's backcourt is. Isaiah Wong's a dynamite, dynamite player. But I don't know if there's a better backcourt in the ACC than what NC State rolls out there. And I think one of the underrated things about them is just how good an all-around player Casey Morsell has become. Last year's version of Casey Morsell... Uh, was a disappointment. It's obviously an adjustment coming from Virginia here, uh, but man, he was awesome last night in a, in a lot of ways that you know that aren't three point shooting, which he's a good three point shooter. I love I love Joiner and Smith as a backcourt. Yeah, they, they, it's done. They've done great, and it's you know. Uh, let me let me see if I can say this properly. Turquavion, is that how he says yes. it? Yes, awesome. Well, I, I, it's an awesome name, and he has played terrifically. And I, I love when players go. I'm a big believer in go find out what the NBA wants and see how you fit into it. And if they say you're not ready, then instead of saying yes, I am, and then finding out no, you're not, you go back and you get ready. And he's doing that. He's he's proving the NBA guys right that, that he wasn't. But it wasn't a pipe dream, but that he needed more time. And, I, I, you know, I was at the Combine last June and saw Kevin there and talked to him. And, you know, it's great that, that, he, that he is back uh, at, at the state and playing so well, uh, so well that uh, maybe, maybe when the Sporting News midseason All-American <laughs> team is released tomorrow, maybe you might see that big name on there. I don't know. Maybe. 
Speaking of big names, DJ Burns is a big human being. He is he is so much fun to watch. <laughs> they're gonna, they're also going to get a big uh, a big back. Du, uh, Dusan Mahorchich is coming back from an injury that I think a lot of people thought he was going to miss the rest of the year. Uh, he was a big player for them early. Um, look, they, their game against Carolina on Saturday uh, is is huge for a lot of reasons. Uh, I would argue it's maybe bigger even for Carolina, who has really yet to look great against a good team. And I, I, I don't know if you're if you have any concerns about the Tar Heels or not, uh, but I I think it's a sneaky big game for UNC. Oh no, I, I totally agree with you. Uh, one of the, there are a couple reasons why. What you mentioned about them not playing great against the best opposition, because even the Ohio State game, at, at a point when Ohio State was playing very well, I mean Ohio State should have won. Uh-huh. Uh, they uh, that credit to 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 Hubert for ex, uh, drawing up an outstanding inbound play. Yep. Uh, and and the whole this whole sequence was beautifully designed. Inbound to midcourt, call timeout. Inbound to the far post to to put the Ohio State defense in jeopardy. And then the great turnaround by Pete Nance. Yep. I mean it was all beautiful. But they should that Ohio State shouldn't have allowed it to happen right. in the way that they did, and and made some mistakes down the stretch that gave the Tar Heels a chance. So. Uh, then you look at, you know, they go to Pitt and they don't play great and they go Virginia. And of course they have an excuse in that one, but it, it's all sitting there and they haven't played exceedingly well against great opposition. And so a lot of people are kind of waiting for them to show what they really have. And I, they don't want to go back into March in the same circumstance <laughs> they were a year ago. They want to go back into March, like the team that ended March. And so I, Games like this one are really important because there are only so many of them. Uh, you get, obviously you have the two Duke games, and uh, you you got to go to Wake, and you got Pitt coming back to you, and so there are some, but maybe not as many as are offered in some other leagues. I mean, you got a lot of still got a lot of Florida States and Syracuse, yeah. and the, the, there's there's a, there's a fair Notre Dame's. There's a fair amount of that on the schedule. I, I I saw the first score I saw for Florida State Notre Dame was twenty nine to eight. Florida State was leading Notre Dame, and I'm like, what happened to Notre Dame? I realize they're bad. Um, they're not Louisville bad, uh, but there are four or five really bad basketball teams in the ACC this year, and it's going to drag some strength of schedules down. Uh, but I think the rest of the teams are fairly capable. It's a, it's a very strange year. I don't think there's anybody, ultimately, that's going to be seated higher than four. I really don't. Um, at the at the end, I I don't think anybody's that good, uh, but I think there could be a lot of teams seated between seven and eleven. If the Tar Heels were to tear down the stretch, and Ken Palm has them not doing that, they, he has them predicted for a twelve and eight finish. Yeah, uh, in the league, that's that sounds, not going to get it done. That's going to get him in, but that's but I mean, if they if they tore down the stretch the way they tore through March last year. I could see them getting high, as high as a three, probably not that any higher than that, uh, but I could see them getting to a three. But it, it's up to them. And I think the same with the Blue Devils. They have that ability if they were to put it together. It's not get. It's not together now. No. Those are the two teams that could get reasonably high that aren't already there like Virginia is. The rest, I think, are competing to be somewhere in, in the six to nine range. 
high-end six, low-end nine. I, I get yelled at every week. How can the ACC have so many teams in when their league isn't that great? Because you look at it, the net rankings are around six or seven, something right. like that. But they've got a lot of teams that are, look like nine or ten seeds. I right. mean, it's just the way it is. It, they have to fill the field out. So yeah, I mean, we get a, somebody's got to lose those games. That's what I always say. <laughs> we are, I mean, we we might have two teams in the first four. Who knows? Mike DeCourcy of the Sporting News at TSN Mike on Twitter. All right, it, end, it ended up not mattering, but you and I were uh, uh, messing around with this on Twitter the other day. Why? How did, we have a team that finished eight and nine, and they hosted a playoff game against a team that won twelve games. This is not the first time it's happened. Carolina at seven, eight, and one uh, won a playoff game. With a losing record, uh, the Seattle Seahawks at seven and nine, uh, going back about ten or so years, won a playoff game at home with a seven and nine record. Um, why is it so hard to say? All right, you're going to get in by winning a bad division, but we can't reward you with a home game, especially when it's against a good team. Hey, it's Adam Golden. I'm in studio with my friend, Coach Pete DeRuta with the Capital Financial Advisory Group. Is it ever too soon to seek out you and your expertise? Really, there's no too soon. It's time to get serious. So if you're 50 or over, we call it the financial red zone. And that's when really it's time for you to take control of your money and, and make sure you have a firm on your side that's a fiduciary planning firm, which means they take your side at all times. Now, we'll do this for the next 10 of you who call. This is a $1,000 value, but I'm going to waive my planning fee to make sure you get your total retirement plan and you get on the right path for retirement. Call 888-843-0013, 888-843-0013, or text ADAM to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. I, I I was I wrote that column for and it appeared on Monday the day of the Cowboys Bucks game, and I really thought and, and probably some of the resistance was because it was the Cowboys, uh, but I, I was really surprised by how much resistance I got to that column, Adam. I, I it, like people are, are so conditioned to well, this is the way it is that they live with it not right. being very smart. It's a it's a really dumb construct to say because you're a division champion you're automatically a top four seed. And, and I think the best illustration of this is that this is true because I looked it up. If you had this process in place for the NCAA tournament last year, instead of being seeded a two, Duke would have been, I believe, a 10. <laughs> and instead of being like a 14, I think it was Colgate would have been like a six. That's something right. like that. I mean, it's it's a ridiculous process, and I and I was speaking to my editor Bill Trochi uh, yesterday when we met, and and we talked about this. And honestly, that's one of the flaws in the expansion plan for the college football playoff that yes. the four highest rated conference champions will get automatic bids. Okay, cool, but also home games. Nah, I don't think that's necessary. Take the take the again. Take the four highest seeded teams. Look, if it's Georgia, Alabama, one's twelve and one, and the others thirteen and zero, they should both get a home game. It, it, that's or Ohio State and Michigan or whatever league it is. It's what it. If they're if they're two of the four best teams, I have no problem with. I just want automatic qualification because it tells you, and and this is true in every sport. If you do this, you are part of the championship you're seeking. And this is true in every right now in every sport, but college football, essentially around the world. 
if you do this, you're in. And college football's currently, and it'll go away in 24, it's do whatever and we'll let you know. And right. so I, I, I would like to see the NFL be rational about this. I had some people saying, yeah, but the schedules aren't balanced. And I'm like, okay, but here's the thing. You play basically a third of your schedule against your division. So if you can't use that advantage in a bad division to put yourself into a position where you have one of the best records, like if you're Tampa Bay this year and you're playing in the, in the uh, NFC South, a, a division that, that the Steelers played as, one, as part of the rotation, they played every team in that division and rolled them all. Yeah. And the Steelers were not exactly – these were the 2022 Steelers, not the 1975 Steelers. Um, and they rolled through that division. And so Tampa couldn't use that advantage to put together a better record than the Cowboys playing in a division that now constitutes 75% yeah. of the remaining NFC playoff field. Come on, man. you got to be smarter than that. This is the NFL. It's the best sports organization on the planet. you got to be smarter than that. Well, it's not the best sports organization on the planet. It's eh, – oh, no, I'm – I'm, 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 I think it's – no, it, I think the product – uh, and its appeal is, but I would rank the NFL, how it's run, who it's run by, as about the eleventh best sports Ooh, organization on the planet. For another day. I, oh yeah, no, no. I've, I've said this. Uh, I don't know how many times. Um, they, they, they succeed in spite of themselves because it's a, it's a product that just. The, the 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 American public and really the world who who has experienced it it's just they devour it thirty well, almost thirty one million people watched a terrible football game on Monday night it, they just have I mean so many viewers so much interest that it's it, they cannot screw it up it's impossible to screw up the NFL they're trying but it's in, with with. <laughs> I mean, we'll eventually have 18 games, and we'll probably have games five nights a week. They're going to try and destroy it, but they can't. It's 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 an undefeated proposition, in spite of themselves. But uh, that I, I that, happen to think they do really well with their competition, and that this is one of the few significant flaws. I think you know they they do some, but I mean, look, the NHL has the worst player safety department. Major League Baseball has no has no salary cap. Uh, and so, like, they're already. Oh man! Least, don't, you know, don't don't start with the salary cap. Uh, you and I. This is where we should just so we can have an argument next time you come back. Just so we can have an argument, you and I should talk about the salary cap and what it doesn't do. Okay, <laughs> we should do that. Like, we could do a, we could do an hour, man. We could. We could do. We could. Show. We could. Then we could. We would go have uh, diet cokes and light ice. Uh, Mike DeCorsi, you're the best. I appreciate your time, man. Thanks, Adam. Take you, care. You got it, Mike DeCorsi of the Sporting News at TSN Mike on Twitter. Seriously, they, Mike and I go back and forth about what the salary, but what the salary cap should do, because the theory is that oh man, it spreads out the talent. Nope. No, it doesn't. I'm not going to get on a soapbox about this. It just keeps more money in owners' pockets. But if you're into that, that's cool. I'm uh, I'm all about I'm all about you do you get what you want.